0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster with Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be getting to talk about the series Loser Spookies. We are joined today by creator, executive producer, showrunner, and actor Julio Torres, as well as creator, executive producer, showrunner, actor, and director of two of the episodes this season, Anna Fabrega, as well as creator and executive producer and actor Fred Armisen, as well as cast members Bernardo Velasco and Cassandra Cangarotti. Um And Julio, I wanted to start with a question for you and, and Anna in terms of the writing, because for both of you, you You've gone through an experience of, you know, Julio, you've always been very much writing for other people. And so this has been a really interesting exercise in creating the show, in writing. For yourself and your own character as well and I know that was that was a slight adjustment in the first season and with you Anne I was very much throughout your career writing for yourself and now writing for others and so going through the, the kind of opposite version as each other alongside each other creatively I was interested in how you feel like your writing styles have really evolved and, and what working on the show has given you in terms of broadening that skill set as well as creating that shorthand with one another since this is the first time that you've worked together creating and writing a show.
1: Um, yeah, I. I uh, it's really, you know, it's interesting because when when I'm writing, I never really when I'm like writing Andres, I, I only like I like write it and I'm excited about it, and then, I get too sad and it's and then it's like oh, I have to go to hair and makeup because I I am Andres, <laughs> so it's like. Uh, I don't know. They're still very divorced in my in uh, my head. I my I think my favorite parts of making the show is still like creating for for other people. Um, but yeah, it's been a, an interesting exercise, and I think that like the Andres like wardrobe and look really make me feel like I'm acting.
0: And how about for you, Anna? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that
2: I, I do find it very just like, I don't know, natural to, to be writing a part that I'm gonna perform and it makes it a lot easier for me in the writing when I'm like, oh, I know this character, I know how to play it. And um, I think over the course of writing, like the first season especially, it felt like, yeah, there was that little bit of like an adjustment of like, how do I bring that specificity to somebody else? How do I put that level of detail into someone else? And I think Julio is so good at finding like little specific, funny, like ideas uh, and, and like, things in people. Um, and I feel like once we were like writing together, then it felt a little more like, oh, right. The way I think about writing for myself, I can just apply that to um, other characters. And, and yeah, like I think a lot of the side characters in the show are so fun and like Um, are part of what yeah like no one feels like an afterthought it's like every little character feels like so defined Um, and and I think it really yeah it makes for a really gratifying writing experience to be able to to write such
0: specific characters rather than just like barista one you know. I really love that. you know. And, and Fred, with you, I wanted to talk a little bit about the arc and the journey that you've taken with your character going into season two, because he was so much someone who had this huge passion for parking cars and was so good at what he did. And now that's been eradicated as a job. And he's, he's trying to join this group, but he's really trying to figure out what his sense of identity is, because it's always been so tied into, I'm the person that can park a car better than anybody else. Um, and so I was interested in how you kind of took the opportunity to really deconstruct the idea of this character that you'd built in season one and look at who he is in, in that slightly internalized fragmented state to then build him up as he finds that self-confidence again.
3: Well, I, I imagine that Tico um, treats the rest of his life as he would um, uh, someone who parks cars, which is like uh, making sure that the customer is satisfied, that he's done his job. And I think he treats the rest of his family that way. Like he wants to do a good job for his daughter and then finally for his, his nephew and, and his friends with less, you know, the actual spookies. Um, but it's just like a constant state of how can I make everybody happy and, and getting yelled at. He just gets yelled at for so much of the um, season. And it's great. Uh, uh, you know, so that's, his growth is like, it's not that much of a growth. It's just a little bit of a sort of like him just trying things out.
0: That's so great. You know, and Bernardo, coming over to you, you know, it's been really great to watch you play this character and and just kind of the growth in him as he's found a lot more of his self-confidence in leading this group. And, you know, at the beginning, the first time they ever had a job, it never occurred to him to even ask about whether they were getting paid. And now he doesn't necessarily need other people to create all the answers and solutions for him but he still checks in because he's very conscientious um and so how have you wanted to kind of create that very gradual build in him becoming a little bit more confident in himself lending itself to how he kind of sets up this group and how he runs all the different things that they're doing
4: i think that what i like most and i feel more related to ronaldo in terms of in terms of his uh, willing to help and, and to be ready for, for the people that need him and he want the well-being of the people around that he cares about. Uh, that's something great, I think, that he, he has such a big heart that he can be like fighting for, for the, the well-being of, of his friends. And I think that in this season it was very interesting for me to uh, like to work on this phase of his growth, let's say, I, I like to think of Ronaldo as a mature man, mid-mature man, but he's still growing and understanding understand the things. When he stopped and, and tried to ask himself, "What do you want? What do you need? And I think I kind of like that he, he maybe doesn't get an answer like, like a clear or a solid answer to that. But, and I think that I like the idea that, he, that he's happy with, with that door, like maybe is not open yet and maybe won't get open when he's talking about his sexuality maybe. And when he's trying to find again, his own place, not just in the existence, but in his room, like trying to get back his own place in order to be ready to come back uh, with the spookies and to, to get the, the, this new stage of maybe the, the next stage of the company together.
0: I love that, you know, and and Cassandra and talking about Esther a little bit, you know, I love the fact that she's very pragmatic. She always has ideas and solutions and is a very logical thinker, but that also, Passes over to how she is with her friends as well, you know. So it's like she'll let Andre stay with her, but she's still very straightforward and tough love. And you know, you're staying on the couch, and if this doesn't work for you, maybe you need to get another job. And I was interested in how you kind of view the way that she expresses that love and emotion in that kind of very direct and tough love way, but but with a real tenderness at the same time.
5: Yeah, I, I think that um, she 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 says uh, like the truth and sometimes that's perceived as being tough right um and yeah i i remember this this part of like being in pony's sh- uh, baby shower and saying like i didn't brought you any present because i know you weren't going to adopt baby and he's like oh you're so bitter you know and and she's like oh i, I mean why am i bitter just it's because like they perceive her that way but I think she's really she's really caring and she's always worrying about like her friends and yeah um I don't I'm I'm lost that's my answer <laughs>
0: <laughs> No I mean I love the those details in her and and yeah. for all of you I wanted to talk a little bit about you know finding the tone and the voice of this show because it's it's so specific it's so unlike any other show which is why it's so wonderful And what I love is that there's a mix of different comedic styles. You have characters who are very grounded and, you know, very real, you know, and then Anna and Julio, like your characters are slightly more heightened and very much kind of in their own bubble of the world. And and that mix really works so beautifully. Um, And I was interested in in both the writing and with all of your performances when you first started making the first season and you were all trying to kind of bring your performances to the same page, if that was something that you ever really discussed, because so much of it's not about playing into the joke you're never winking at the audience it's all kind of played very straight and so how did you work on finding that in season one and what's been the difference coming into season two with everybody really knowing what the voice of the show is
1: yeah that was definitely something that we talked a lot about
4: Mm -hmm. uh
1: just finding common ground and uh these characters are so different that operate at different like frequencies and uh doing a lot of work with Bernardo and Cassandra to for them to feel like uh like that their characters belong in this absurd world that is like very very matter of fact and that they're not like questioning it but like going their characters are not questioning the world, but they're just sort of like going with it
2: yeah, and I think like you said like there's no like wink to the audience there's no like everything is played really you know, matter of fact and straightforward. And like, this is who these people are. This is the world they live in. These are the situations they get into. Um, And in the first season, it feels like, you know, looking at how the writing for that went, like, you know, we were like figuring out the show in the first season. And then once we went to shoot it and met Bernardo and Cassandra and saw all that they brought to the characters, it really helped like solidify them to us. So I think there was a little bit of kind of like, We don't have them nailed down. We know that the Andres really well, but like there's something missing that we don't understand about these other two characters. And then once we met them and like saw what they brought to them, and it like rounded it out and like painted a complete picture. That when we went back to write season two, it was like, oh great, we know who everyone is now, and it makes for like a much more uh, like
5: more dynamic and interesting storylines. Yeah, and it's the whole world is is it's a whole character, right? So. Like there, there were I was talking in in an, in an interview that they say like what what is Ursula doing there? Why why does she get along with the spookies? Uh, where why does she go other place where they deserve her more because of all the things that she does? And 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 I was like, yeah, sure. Where where would she go? Like where are these other people that would Ursula relate to?
0: Right? Like this is her group. Like she yeah. doesn't belong anywhere else. And for you, Bernardo, was it, was it something where on the page when, when you first read it that you kind of knew exactly how you wanted to play him or, or did you, was it kind of a little bit of you know talking to Julio and Anna and Fred and kind of figuring a little bit of out of it out as you started to play him at the beginning?
4: Yeah, no, for me it was a total mystery. It was when I read the pilot by myself when I was still in Mexico, I, I I'm gonna be honest. I was concerned, like how <laughs> how, how this is how this works. Because I, I could understand like the situation, but the dialogues, but the resolutions for the situations for me was like uh, a, a, another world uh, language. And but once we get there, of course, we are surrounded uh, by a very very great and talented people uh, group. And they were very welcoming and they were very like straight when we were saying like we were trying the first readings things, and they were like, no, 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 no drama. Okay, let's play it again. No, 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 no comedy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to
4: be funny. So <laughs> we till we found like some place in between that. Uh, but for me it's still a mystery. I, I get to see the second season last night and I was really surprised and I, I'm still wondering what, what is the right tone and what is the right place for, for <laughs> this, uh, for the exploration as an actor, you know, and I'm really surprised about the results. It, it, it's great.
0: It is great. You know, and and Fred, the the initial conceptualization of the show was you having this idea of a group of friends that really loved horror, but very much loved the practical elements of, of how it comes together, kind of like this, you know, the the other side of Scooby-Doo, so to speak. Um, and I was interested in how, how in-depth you started to get with that idea before you realized that you needed to or wanted to bring on some other creative voices to really develop it, to flesh it out, you know, and, and what that looked like in the early stages of, of taking that inception of an idea and how can we really create this into a very real fully realized world and a narrative structure that could potentially fill multiple seasons if it needed to
3: because i could i could only think in terms of like the pilot so it was very short you know short time into the future i was like well i know i can that that part i can handle conceptually but you know also being a fan of and julio it, it was like it wasn't just the like, Oh, they can help. It's like, Oh, I want to do stuff with them. What? I just want to work with them. And I don't know why it was, I was, I don't mean, I'm not going to use the word surprise, but of course, they just came up with the, that idea at times a million. They just, it just grew and grew way beyond what I could have imagined. And um, that's, that's just how it transpired, where it was just concept at first and, any chance to get to work with them. And then here we are still working together. It's the best. It's the best that they, you know, they keep coming up with stuff.
0: Absolutely, and, and Julia and Anna, I also want to talk a little bit about, you know, when you feel a need to explain things for the audience and you want to give us those behind the scenes versus elements of magical realism where you almost don't need to, it's, you know, we don't need to understand the how or the why someone gets sucked into an enchanted mirror gets stuck in another mirror universe. But at the same time, you know, when it's a sea creature, that's very practical effects. You know, we really believe that that Tati can get into that costume, swim in the sea. We see the sound effects happening and we see all of the mechanisms behind it. Um, And so is is it very much like the narrative element of what's happening in the story that for you drives whether you think you need to explain the how and the why for something for the audience or whether you want to just allow them to lean into the magical realism elements of a moment?
2: Well, I think that the gigs that Little Spookies do are like practical effects, you know? Um, even in the first season uh, where they do the inheritance scare and the bed like goes down and then someone comes in. I'm like, in my head, that's a practical effect that somehow they figured out how to do it. Um, and and yeah, and then the rest of like the world does have all these other elements of like magical realism and surrealism and, you know, absurdism that, uh, that I think, you know, audiences don't need everything explained to them and you can just trust that they can watch something and enjoy it without saying but wait a minute what about all these things i have so many questions
0: yeah and for you julio
1: yeah the same i think there's a distinction between um the artifice that los espukis create and then the uh the elements of real uh magic that happened in the sh- like the water shadow is as real as Ronaldo's mom and they're they're like both like matter of fact creatures in that universe
0: and I feel like that also passes over into a lot of the the visual details because like you said you know that's very real to to Andres that creature that he's seeing and talking to and and mm-hmm. so we don't necessarily kind of see the mechanisms of that costume, but there's other moments where we kind of, you know, there's intentional, like you can see how this was built in, you know, but even from your character's standpoints, there's such great visual elements for all of you, you know, Cassandra, I know that you kind of came into the show with like a really strong idea of how you imagined your character looking, you know, Anna, you've been so excited to wear that hat. And then Fred in this season, there's that great moment where your character shows up dressed like he thinks he should be in order to join the group. And so what have been some of the elements that you felt have been really really important in terms of costume or visual aspects with your characters that you're creating or playing in the show?
5: I I wouldn't, I think I wouldn't be Ursula without the hair. Um, I need the hair. It would be so weird to have Ursula in in another, like with another, it would, yeah, it's, it's easy to go into character once you get your, your hair. (laughs) <laughs> I think Julio with the blue hair also also goes through that um, yeah and I,
1: with with Andres it's like oh uh, he like the it's so physically uncomfortable because the clothes are always really hot and they're really scratchy <laughs> and yeah. like the I wore a wig this season and I hated that wig I hated it and I uh, so it felt like Oh, okay. like oh, okay. So he's like very tense. He's always very like his movements are very deliberate, because he's just so like stitched together.
2: Yeah, and I think that similar to to Ursula and her hair, I'm like I can't do daddy if I don't have like the little purse and the hat. Like there are moments where I'll take them off for other like wardrobe, but it feels like impossible to to like be daddy and not have my purse and my hat.
0: Absolutely. Bernardo, one of the things I love for you as well is is the the production design in his bedroom and even just looking at all of these artifacts of the horror world, the fact that he has a poster that's just nothing other than a black cat's eyes alongside everything (laughs) else. (laughs) Did you, like, how did that kind of help you in, in tapping into your character when you first walked onto set and you first saw a lot of those production details for your character?
4: In many ways, I think that it was a great, uh, lovely surprise when I first walk in uh, that room. It was like my dream room when I was in high school, maybe. And I I was thinking for the first season that Ronaldo will be the friend I, I wanted to have when I was in high school, you know, full of all these crazy, interesting elements around and uh, he with such a great look and, and because my mom will never let me wear something like that. You know? My grandma will be dead if, if she saw me with this uh, ponytail and <laughs> with, with that look. So I, I, I had to have like a very normal teenage uh, 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 stage. But yeah, it's it's really, really comfortable place for me to be in that room and also to wear this crazy, awesome wardrobe for Renaldo. For I enjoy each one of them. I love them.
0: And Julio, you know, you were mentioning just just then about, you know, playing a character in and, and just from a physical standpoint, him being very stilted and very constricted in terms of his lo- a lot of his movement. And in the second season, with the fact that he's going out independently from his parents, the idea on the surface is that he should be so free and yet nothing is as he thought it would be. And so for you, did you find that you were almost making him even more constricted and even more tight as a character in season two?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I I think that like a lot of people say they want to change, and then they they make decisions that would indicate that they're going to change, but then they just they're just still themselves. Like when you know that some, like, I love being shocked when I learn that someone has been going to therapy for years. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I have learned nothing like, the video. I, I
1: like, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, oh, okay, so you know something's off, and you clearly talk about it a lot, but, it, but you're still the same. And I don't know, I feel like Andres is kind of like that. He's like, no, I need to be independent, I'm going to leave my parents. And I'm going to make it on my own. And he keeps saying that. And he keeps saying that. But he doesn't, he's not actually doing it. So, and I think that his clothes reflect that, where he's just like, still very comfortable being the person that he's always been.
0: Absolutely. And Anna, one of the things I love in your performance with with Tati is just her worldview and how you've created it. So specifically, even down to, you know, is she actually taking in what's being said around her or not? You know, there's moments where she's just kind of completely in her own world. And she said how she, you know, she's, in her mind, it's the past, the present, the future, and all of that, so there's a lot of noise in her head. And so sometimes she's very distracted from what's going on around her, and sometimes she's very astutely keyed on to what people are saying. And so even in terms of playing scenes and thinking, you know, is she listening, is she paying attention, is she keyed into this, is she responding, is she reacting, or is she kind of looking over here? Um, How do you approach that, and do you find that it's even more natural two seasons in of playing her to just find the differentiation between those spaces?
2: Yeah, I think that, um, that the, you know, she's, it's almost like she's aware of everything in her world except herself. So it's like, she can be in, you know, a a meeting with the group and, and know, you know, in the scene with Professor Robert Roberts, when Tico's like, oh, I have an idea. And then that he's like, no, like, we're not supposed to talk. It's like, she knows her place in the group in a way that feels almost like surprising. And you would think (laughs) that she doesn't. But then she'll say something else that makes you go like, oh, wait, she has no sense of who she is. But I think that she is like, you know, someone who is like, like almost like listening to too much, taking in too much and trying to like decipher, like, "Well, what do they want me to be? What do I think people want from me? And and always kind of like searching for that. And I think that in the second season, like she goes like once her marriage implodes, then we see her looking for like, well, what can I latch on to? To you know, to show people like, look, I'm worth something, and and then you know when that falls apart, then she realizes like, oh well, that's not like, what do I think of myself? What do I want to do? Um, and then goes back to her little
0: jobs. Yeah. And, and Fred, in, in this season, there's a moment where your character is talking about his vulnerability a lot and saying, you know, I feel things very personally. My emotions are very fragile. Um, and I was interested if that's something that you've always seen in him as a character from season one and, and kind of some of the fragility and vulnerability that you wanted to bring into him when you look at the pages and you see dialogue like that in the way that he's talking about himself.
3: That stuff just always seemed unspoken to me. I, it's, I sometimes think of that character as like a silent character. Um, but, uh, but it was great to see it, you know, put into words, but, um, my assumption was that that's how he was feeling about everything, but he, uh, or that character likes to, you know, connect with other people. So that it would make sense that he'd share that vulnerability.
0: Absolutely. And and for all of you as well, you know, it's, it's always such a gift in coming back to characters and coming back to a show because, you know, like we were talking about it earlier, you're kind of figuring out some of the elements at the beginning. And, and so for all of you, what are some of the spaces in which you feel like there's a real shorthand or you found a lot more comfort confidence in kind of coming straight in and making, you know, very specific choices for characters or development of episodes in the writing in a way that maybe you wouldn't have at the beginning of season one when you were figuring out a lot of these details.
2: I think one of my favorite group scenes in the second season is when uh, the second time that they're with Monica Martinez, the like office manager who Ursula, the first time they meet her is like this, we're not doing this again. And then when they show up and she's having the birthday party, like I feel like everyone's characters are so clear there. Where Ursula walks in, the kind of like no nonsense, like what the heck is going on? I thought I like pulled the plug on this, but none of the, or sorry, none of the trying to be like the people pleaser being like, no, no, like, it's okay. Like, let's do the cake. Andres kind of being like, I'm gonna go. And then Daddy sort of like not knowing where to fit in either. Like, um, it, it feels like a, a, a very, like everyone is so like distilled in their elements in that scene.
0: How about for the rest of
5: you? Well, it was yeah, to betray it. Like at the beginning, it was like
0: uh,
5: I mean, I'm, I'm I'm working with the creators of the show, and they they obviously have a clearer vision of what the show was going to be like. And Bernardo and I, we came from like from Mexico, and we would like we didn't know exactly what was expected from us. And, and I think the second season was more relaxing. I, I, I could, like, let go and say, like, okay, this is it's just, like, stay in your ground and watch the show go through your eyes and enjoy it as much as possible. And, and, and yeah, I had, like, I was more, more calm and, and I understood the, the groundness of, like, grounded part of Ursula and had, like, yeah, I understood it.
0: Was that the same for you, Bernardo, in terms of what Cassandra's saying about just feeling a little bit more relaxed in the second season?
4: Yeah, totally. And I was really curious also about, uh, because, you know, we read the script and we kind of start imagining the situations and how the characters are gonna uh, uh, be. But no, once we are there, every time I arrive to set and I watch all day, built to to like bring to life every situation and every character. We are thankfully surrounded by great great talent for for playing all, all, all of the roles around the Spookies. So yeah, it's it's always a great. Was and Even yesterday when I was watching the second season, I was again surprised because. I didn't show how they shoot most of the uh, sequences and I was really shocked. (laughs) I I fell in love again with the Spookies last night.
0: And for you, Fred, what what was the shift for you in the second season? Because obviously in the first season, your character was kind of in this very separate ecosystem narratively and now he's right in the center and, and part of the group. So that's obviously been a little bit of a shift and a change as well.
3: Yeah, but a really great shift. Cause there's like less explaining as to like, why is it in other, other location, So it's just um, also just like the simple chemistry of being around the cast, uh, you know, being with uh, Bernardo and Cassandra and everybody. And it's just like, even just watching them together, you know, in the second season, there's like an immediate chemistry that I just love that it just exists. It's like, As far as shorthand, it's just like chemical and visual. Like it's, it just works.
0: Well, it's, it's such a, you know, such a great first season and the second season, you know, even exceeded my expectations. It's so fantastic. So congratulations on everything with the first two seasons of the show. And thank you so much to all of you for talking about it.
2: Thank Thank you. Thank you.